Joseph Davis, Senior Pastor of Truth Gathers Dream Center Church here in Tallahassee, right there off of High Road, 1317 High Road. And uh, we've just been immensely blessed with our men's conference, an inaugural event, first of its kind. And God really blessed our men's director, uh, Deacon Gerard Griffin, with our opportunity to host this men's conference. And so we titled it Mega Men Conference, Mega Men Conference, Men on Fire. And just so you can feel what this is all about, that word mega comes from Numbers 13. As Moses has sent 12 spies to view the inheritance that the Lord is bringing the children of Israel into. Um, their ancestors, many of them have died off. Their forefathers, many of them have died off in the wilderness. And here is the children of many of the Hebrew uh, ancestry. And the children are now about to receive the inheritance. And Moses tells them from each tribe, go and spy out the land. And as they go spy out the land, this is where they get the big cluster of grapes so big that it takes a man in the back and a man in the front to carry this cluster of grapes. And that represents that God has called his people to mega. And what it means is what God wants to do with us is so big. It actually takes all of us working together in cooperation and collaboration. And so this word mega for us really is a key word that triggers us to say we need each other to even walk and do the things of the Lord. So we call it Mega Men Conference, taken from Numbers 13. And our theme this year was Men on Fire. And truly God blessed us immensely with a host of wonderful men who came together for dynamic worship and to hear and digest the word of God. And so I want you to be blessed by this wonderful conference that God allowed us to host for men. And I believe you're going to be blessed like in ways you probably can't imagine. The word of God was so transferable, uh, so uh, tangible for us. I believe it's going to bless you as well. And our first speaker that you're going to hear is Dale Pace, a wonderful man of God, serves as a prophet of God. He's a wonderful barber here in Tallahassee, Florida. Dale Pace began to speak to us from the topic of the power of humility, the power of humility. As men, sometimes we struggle with being vulnerable. Uh, we don't like to open up sometimes. We don't like to talk about things sometimes. Uh, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this, this seemed like a very uh, different assignment for me because I'm going to be out your way. I'm almost done. Because a lot of times we don't want to admit where we are and we be faking it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all gonna admit that sometimes you was faking it, you know, yeah, yeah, just not walking in truth. But we've been allowing a spirit of deception uh, to be the initiator of us not being truthful to one another. Oh, y'all missed that part. Anyhow, let me let me get to what I need to say uh, quickly. As a prophet, uh, I told Pastor Joe, I'm just feeling so many things tonight. Uh, but I have to do what I have to do. Um, will y'all just let me be myself for the next 10 minutes? 
Say, be yourself, Brother Dale. Yeah, yeah. I said tonight, I was telling the brothers, I said, you know, forget the titles right now. Let's just, let's just call each other brother. Is that all right? Because some of y'all don't like that. Y'all, you know, you want to be called pastor, and I understand all of that, you know. But let's, let's, let's just go and just get more intimate by calling each other brothers. Calling each other by our names. <laughs> Amen. Philippians 2, uh, verse 1, and I'll probably go all the way down to 12. But um, let me say this. If we as men are struggling with pride, think we know everything. I'm, I'm just trying to see. I'm doing a diagnostic test tonight. Uh, not teachable. Uh, thinking that we're better than someone or others. Stubborn. Not receptive to correction. Bragging about yourself and your accomplishments. And if you probably ask to clean the toilet or something like that, you're just too big to do that. Because you, you got a title. And that just, that just beneath you. You don't feel like you could get down low like that. Because <laughs> you thank you so much. <laughs> Have you ever been given an assignment and you decided not to do it because that was just beyond you? Asked to do something and, uh, who, me? Uh, sound like uh, Naaman with the prophet Elijah. He, 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 figured, he said, man, I'm the captain of the Syrian army. And you asking me to go in that muddy river right there to dip down in the seven times in that muddy place it, 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 not me huh. argumentative oh lord okay having a vain lifestyle just for show off uh these are symptoms, brother. Now, I don't know where you are with this thing called humility, but these are just few things that are called symptoms. And if we be honest and truthful with ourselves, if we are in any one of them, we're not walking in humility. Uh, okay, y'all don't want to say amen? Oh, amen, Dale. Amen. I, I, I'm all right. And the reason why I said from the beginning that this is an altar and that we are on it, we got to be willing to be honest with God because that's where it's going to have to start from. 
there was a prophetic word that was released through the song that only God can do it. I don't know if you heard it or not. I don't know if it, it rung in your spirit that only God can do this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is the only one that can change this in us. Only God can do it. But we have to be willing to give it to him. Hallelujah. All right, it says, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Oh, Lord. We struggle with that as men. It just seems like sometimes it's just difficult for us to really esteem our brother, you know, from, from the things that he's done and his abilities, his, his giftings, what things God has blessed and graced his life with. A lot of times we can't, we can't seem to honor that in them. Can't seem to esteem them. We, we, if I get a truck, you see it, now you don't go on to the dealership to get something bigger or better. Y'all don't believe men act like that? Men act like that. That's crazy stuff. But we act like that. We don't, we don't, we don't want nobody to look better or do better than us. There, there are men in the world that's like that. Glory to God. Uh-huh. I'm almost through. I'm like, I got about two more minutes, right? Uh-huh. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Look at that. But made himself of no reputation. Uh, I'm, 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 very, I'm, I'm very, very concerned about branding and, and all of that stuff right now in the church. Uh, Y'all just help me and pray for me because I'm seeing that... It, 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 it's, it's, it's taking a turn because what the Lord was showing me is that worldliness is being injected in you. You have to be careful about pursuing things. It says he, he made himself of no reputation. Now when we look at the Lord's life, man, he came down here. I mean, I mean, Jesus had a lot before he got here in the world. But he didn't come to build no reputation. How many of you want to build a reputation? And why is that so important? You're going to get it in a minute. And took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And I said, Lord, here he is. He coming down 
in the form of a servant. In the likeness of men, just like me and you. And he came to serve the one that he created. Oh, he came to serve the one that he created. He, he, he didn't talk about all what he had. All who he was. He wasn't trying to build no reputation. Want to be known. and he, he wasn't concerned about all of that. His concern was to do the will of the father. It said he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Uh-huh. Just reading it. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Brethren, we don't have to try to build no reputation. And I believe tonight that the heart of the Father is that we will, we will give him these things that we are struggling with where humility is not being exemplified in our life. Because Christ is the only perfect example of what true humility looks like. I say he the only one. And if we say that he is in our life, then at some points in our lives, humility needs to be seen. Did y'all hear what I say? At some place in our life, we're going to have to demonstrate what humility really looked like. We're going to have to learn how to prefer one another. We're going to have to learn how to honor what God has given each one of us. We're going to have to learn how to be team players working together, doing our part together. And we're going to have to be willing to be teachable. We're going to have to be willing to be corrected. Oh, that part right there. I'm a man just like you. Man, how you going to tell me? Man, I'm, 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 I'm just keeping you accountable, bro. That's all I'm doing. See, can't be corrected. And, 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 and that's a man's ego thing. You know, as men. But anyway, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. What y'all want? <laughs> Humble yourself. We are on an altar tonight, brethren. You might, I know you don't see this, and I know you don't, probably don't understand what I'm saying. But we are on the altar tonight. Ashukamantiapaka. Just lift your hands right there. Just, just right there. Ah! Shatobai. 
Kora Shemanansiopa Eyamansa Lord, many times we struggle. We don't know how sometimes to let these things go. These symptoms, Lord, that you have spoken tonight. Lord, your hand is upon the symptoms, Lord. The symptoms, the symptoms, Lord. If we will become men of fire, Lord, we have to be delivered from these symptoms. It is our desire to be like you, to walk like you, to have that mind of loneliness, of lowly thinking, esteeming our brother than ourselves. That kind of mind, Lord, that we are willing to not operate in pride, to exalt ourselves, our name. It's not out of, about our name, Lord. Lord, turn us around from thinking about our name, making a name for ourselves. Turn us around, Lord. Turn us around. It's not about that, Lord. It's about you. If there be any influence, Lord, it's because of you, the Jesus in us. It is because of the Jesus in us. Oh Lord, may we see. May we understand. May we comprehend tonight what you really want. And Holy Spirit, guide us. Take us in the direction to where the King is in us. That we'll totally submit and surrender tonight. That the fire of your spirit will come upon us and consume and purify our hearts to the place of true worship before you, Lord. Do it in us that only you can. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Worship him. Thank God for that message from Prophet Dale Pace teaching us on the power of humility. Now get ready. We're getting ready to transition to our next speaker in our mega men's conference, Men on Fire. Now you better get your seats, hold your seats, get ready. Pastor Billy Richardson is going to bless us. Now listen out for this wonderful testimony within his sermon. He really shows us that what happens when we start walking in the wrong ego. You know what I'm talking about in just a few minutes, just here. Here he goes, Pastor Billy Richardson. The danger of pride. Second Samuel 14, 25 says, Now in all Israel, there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Verse 26 and said, says, and when he cut the hair of his head at the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him when he cut it. 
he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels according to the king's standard. I want to tag this manage your egos. Manage your egos. One of the most dangerous uh, spiritual poisons, one of the most dangerous spiritual toxins you can uh, contaminate with, get contaminated with is pride. And the reason why it is so deadly, the reason why it is so dangerous is because First Peter 5 and 5 tells us God opposed the proud. Now, I can sit up here and tell you a lot of reasons why it's dangerous. But the most, the greatest reasons it's dangerous is because if God opposed the proud, you're not on his team. You're his enemy. God opposes the proud. That word oppose is a military term. It describes an army that is organized to fight the enemy. In this particular verse, it's God orchestrating his army against, against the proud. The second thing that scripture talk about is that uh, God give grace to the humble. I'm going to come back to that. But, but why is God against the proud? We must know that when we are uh, uh, God saying something to us is for our good, it's for our insight, it's for our learning, it's for our protection. And sometimes he's trying to warn us. He loves us, but he knows what pride can do. Pride can ruin families. Pride can divide a ministry. Pride can tear up community. Pride is a very dangerous thing. Proverbs 16 and 5 tells us everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. The Amplified Version says uh, everyone that is proud in heart is disgusting and excessively offensive to the Lord. Though hand in hand, he should not go unpunished. Follow me in Proverbs 16 and 18. The Bible tells us pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. See, most of the time when we are dealing with pride, sometimes we don't even know it. It just slides in our life. I like the book that Charles Stanley wrote about the landmine of pride. I heard one preacher said pride is like a stealth jet. It flies under the radar without being detected. In both instances, notice that pride can't be detected until it is triggered. So, so what is pride? Pride is self-centered. Pride is self-will. Pride is self-important. Uh, pride is self-ambitious. Uh, uh, pride is all about self, self, self. Uh, but I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a simple definition that I borrowed from Doctor Peter. Not Peter in the Bible, Peter that I know. Uh, he said pride is simply this. Pride, here it is, Prophet Dale. Pride is ego. E-G-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an acronym. And that acronym stands for edging God out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here it is. I got to go back because he opposes the proud, but he give grace to the humble. And we, the only thing that can diffuse pride is humility. Now we need the definition for humility. Humility is also our ego, E-G-O. 
exalting God only. So all of us are going to be faced with some decisions in life uh, where you have to decide uh, if you're going to edge God out uh, or you're going to exalt God only. And notice in the endeavor, you don't have a choice in the matter. Either it's God or your ego. Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah shows us the first time we see edging God uh, Isaiah describes to us what happened to Satan or Lucifer and how Lucifer fell from his position in heaven let me just uh, pause right here for a minute because it's at the height of our position of any position that we're promoted to that pride will knock on our door without an invitation and welcome himself uh, into our life that's why we have to be submissive Committed to the Lord uh, because if he come in uh, we got to have a super to our natural to defuse anything that he bring against us pride ego so Lucifer great sin was that he wanted to be God and not only that that he wanted to be God the Bible tells us he attempted to exalt himself above the throne room of God. See, there it is. Instead of uh, instead of exalting God only, Satan tried to edge God out. Uh, and we see that when five times uh, he used I all about self when he said, uh, I will exalt my throne above the four stars of God. Uh, I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation. Uh, and then he get to the fifth one and say, I will be like the most high. Pride, ego, make you covet. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. It make you compare. You know, Pastor Joe, back in the days uh, uh, when Michael Jordan was out, I was eating Wheaties. I thought if I eat enough Wheaties, I become just like Mike. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I got the wristband, baggy shorts. Uh, I got the shirt and the shoes, uh, but I couldn't jump like Mike. Uh, I made myself look like a fool. Uh, and all I'm trying to tell you is uh, you'll compare yourself to somebody so much, uh, you'll be out of your identity looking like a fool. Stop me when my time is up. It makes you compare. Pride is the greatest sin that leads to all other sins. Anger, jealousy, lust, bitterness, uh, coveting, comparing. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're men. It, 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 it opened the door for all other sin. So in his pride, in his Satan, that is, in his own self-will, in his self-ambition, he led a rebellion against God in the invisible realm. But by the time we get to Ezekiel 28, 11 through 16, uh, it shows us Satan and where he came from. In this passage, uh, we learn that uh, in verse 12, that he was seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty handsome very beautiful anointed angel the worship leader let me park right here for a minute because i don't care how anointed we get i don't care how anointed we get and how much wisdom we have and how much we've been promoted in our leadership position pride don't discriminate satan 
was on the holy mountain of God with the most high himself had it made at the height of his position prophetically I don't know who I'm talking to but you gotta be careful at the height of your position when that door has opened for you when that opportunity has been granted to you be careful because it's at the height of your position that pride will try to steal away from you but God has blessed you with Bible said he was perfect in his ways from the day he was created Bible said until iniquity was found in him the Bible said he was filled with violence see see I know I know we as brothers and some of us because I'm semi hood I can get down now but I choose to exalt God only because the moment you edge God out and try to handle things yourself pride step in you gonna do it the way you want to do it and it'll get you in trouble every time we got to exalt God only ego you got to learn how to manage your egos the Bible says heart was filled lifted up lifted up that that lifted up means he, he he became proud but why the bible said his heart was lifted up because of his beauty now i think i'm blessed with a look good looks but that not that much to where i'm gonna be proud You're laughing because you're disagreeing that I don't look that good, I guess. <laughs> the Bible says he, he became corrupted in his wisdom. Slit talker. Oh, men, let's talk. He became a manipulator. He became a, a deceiver. You know, when it is that God has given us a little education and we gain some wisdom, we start filling ourselves. Ego. And what happened is we start edging God up. Forgetting that he is the one that blessed us, favored us to have it in the first place. His wisdom was corrupted. That's what the Bible says. And he was cast to the ground. And the Bible says, then he took his corrupted wisdom and manipulated Adam and Eve. Yeah, because when you got, when you got corrupted wisdom, you know how to play that game with them guys. You know, you know what I'm saying? When you got corrupted wisdom, you can manipulate the situation. You can put a lie in the truth. And only thing, the only thing they will hear is what they want to hear. But in actuality, you functioning up on a deceiving spirit. Pride will make you do that. And don't forget it goes undetected. But you got to manage your egos. We're all capable of it. And we got to be on God. Check my time, please. We, we, we got to be on God. So that brings us to this story. Second Samuel. Of a man who's also handsome. A man who also have 
good looks, influence, affluence. The people praised him. I really can get into it. Really, the people praised him because he stole their hearts. what pride to do pride to make you steal pride to make you cheat pride to make you be uh, become disloyal we have to manage our egos so we get here in the bible said now in all israel there was no one who was praised as much as absalom for his looks Second Samuel 14, this is, this is a prince. He's, he's handsome. His life is full of hope and he have a good future. And I want to pause right here and just encourage all of us. Uh, 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 some of you are handsome. All of us are handsome. And we have a good and expected end uh, because that's what God has given us. Uh, as long as you continue walking by faith uh, and not by sight, uh, God will give you a hope that would not make you ashamed, uh, but he will give you what you expect uh, at the end. And if you continue on this journey understanding that he's the author and finisher of your faith he's the one that wrote your little story and if he wrote your little story the bible says he who have begun a good work in me you will finish it so here it is we have to continue Exalting God only and not edging God out. Because it says 29:11, He know the plans. So so don't edge God out of your plans. Allow his plans to become yours. Do you know that the Bible talks about all things work together for the good for them that love God and are de called according to not my purpose? His purpose. That's exalting God only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, oh, what you were saying, prophet, about it's, it's becoming a problem. Everybody want to make a name of themselves. You know what they're doing? They're edging God out. And when they get there, they're going to bump their chest because it's all about their ego. I'm, I'm going to end on this note. I'm done. I'm done. Pride. It's poisonous, cancerous, spread throughout the whole house. Pride will drive you, and I ain't going to get to it in the story, but I'm just going to end with a testimony. Pride will drive you uh, in a place of isolation. Your own ego, edging God out, will drive you into a place of isolation because of your own thoughts. And you won't even cry for help. At the height of my basketball career in college, I ruined it. I ruined it. Can I be honest? We serve a mighty God. It still hurt me today. Had it laid out. Uncle, uh, 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 very good friends with a guy in Germany, Frankfurt, Germany. I don't have to try out. All you got to do is just come on over here, Billy. You got it, $5,000 a week just to play ball. I got to the height of my career in, in college. I'm doing good. Came into myself, my own ego. When I first got there, I was a wimp sitting on the bench, everybody jumping out of the gym. And I'm looking, I'm saying, man, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know. 
and start praying. I needed God, got God, God elevated me. And I recognize they can't keep up with me, but I start feeling myself. Don't drink, don't smoke, but one night I decide to smoke. Sat at the table with a Bahamian. He, if he heard that, he would, he would, he would be okay. We, we both Christians in the Lord, but he's, he's okay. He was a chief of, can we, I can talk like that, yeah. And uh, never really had an interest in, interest in um, smoking. But this particular night, I wanted to, wanted to smoke. Remind you, let me remind you, I'm at the top of my game. I, these rooted poops to me, they can't keep up with me. Man, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Get to this table this night and I decide to pull on it. I ain't feel nothing. Pulled on it again. I noticed everybody hit it once. I didn't hit it about three times. And the third and the third time, I started hearing my heart in my ears. I got very cold. And I looked up at the table and said, what did y'all do to me? Not knowing they didn't, they didn't do nothing to you. That's not the end of the story. They had to rush me to the hospital. I'm speaking out of my head. Bring the, uh, the psychologist in. And he taking notes in the little corner. And I take off, I'm taking off all my jewelry. And I'm saying to the Lord, I'm turning my life around. This man think I'm crazy. I probably was crazy for five minutes. And so uh, they put me in a detox center and I woke up shivering it all night. What they call it when your body f fighting it off? D what now? Withdrawal. Okay, not D, with withdrawal. And so uh, I'm withdrawing all night, get up. I'm thinking I'm going home. They say, you can't go home. You got to come in here to the table. So I go in there to the table and I sit at the table and I look around at all these alcoholics, these drug addicts, and everybody didn't get around to me. You know what I said? I don't supposed to be here. Why am I here? I'm finna get up and go. And God said, Pride. You here because of your ego. You edge me out. Sit there. And I listened to all of those people testimony and I realized that it's true. Pride goes before a fall. We got to manage our egos. Ain't no in between. You let him steer you. You let him drive you. You let him lead you. Either you're going to edge God out or exalt God only. Manage your egos. God bless you. We're still in our Mega Men's Conference. And God is blessing us with two dynamic speakers already, uh, Prophet Dale Pace and Pastor Billy Richardson. I want you to get yourselves ready for this dynamic brother in the Lord, Pastor Derek McGee, a wonderful professional guy 
intelligent, smart, great friend, but he's a wonderful Christian brother. And he's going to bless us with a very unique take on the story of Jacob and Esau. If you are a wonderful Sunday school student and you love the Bible lessons, you're going to love this as well. God gives him a very unique take about two sons and one blessing. Here it is. Pastor Derek McGee. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump right into the assignment. Genesis chapter number 27. There we'll find our assignment tonight. Genesis chapter number 27. As you are going there on your Bibles, the devices, allow me to thank the Lord for who he is. Also thank my brother, Pastor Joe Davis. Thank you so much, brother. In all sincerity, I love Pastor Joe and everything that he is and what he believes and how he handles ministry. And to all of you, my dear brothers, thank you for being here. And to my namesake, who's my riding partner tonight, thank God that my son is here and hanging out with his dad tonight. I'm grateful. Amen. I am grateful for that, that blessing and that privilege. He's 16 now. And so my days are, are getting few before he leaves home. I'm trying to maximize them all, so I'm grateful. Genesis chapter 27, um, beginning at verse number one. I'm in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read a few verses for the purpose of brevity. I'll make sure I give you the proper context of the text so we have a good understanding of what we're going to talk about in our short time. Genesis 27, verse number one, it reads, And one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son, yes, father, Esau replied, I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when my date, when I may die. Take your bow and quiver full of arrows and go into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. If you will jump to verse number 30, again, for the purpose of brevity, I want to get you right to the meat of what I'm going to deal with tonight. Verse number 30 said, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, it is your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Isaac said, began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I've already eaten it and I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard this, his father's words, he let out a, a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. And Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? 37, Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine, what is left for me to give you, my son. 38 and final, Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. For a short time allotted to me, I want to preach from this topic, two sons, but one blessing. You may have your seats in the Lord's presence. Two sons, but one blessing. Two sons, but one, one blessing. Genesis chapter number 25, Abraham, who is the, the beginning of the covenant, he dies in this chapter. Before, before Abraham dies, the Lord promised both Abraham and Sarah they would have a child in their old age. 
as we know by Bible reading that that Abraham and Sarah how they were going to help God out because after a while of God making a promise the child hadn't come so Sarah gave over her handmaid and Hagar over to Abraham so that she may give to Abraham what she could not give him which is a child Ishmael comes as a result of that and over a period of time Sarah begins to get bitter in her heart because that plan that she had concocted is now backfiring in her face she can't handle to watch her husband balancing another woman's child on his lap and so now she tells him you need to get rid of her and that child and he's grieved but he obeys because the Lord speaks and said listen to your wife as Abram gets older now 100 years old and Sarah being 90 now the promise that God made years before now comes to pass and that promised son Isaac is now born Isaac is seen as his only son because God never planned for Ishmael he had planned for Isaac Abraham in chapter number 25 he dies off and now Isaac is the continuation of the covenant that God made to Abram in Genesis chapter number 12 verses 1 2 and 3 and so now Isaac who's on the scene now finds himself having two sons he has Esau and he has Jacob and these two sons are competing with each other from the womb of their mother to this very place they find themselves trying to jockey to that place and, and Esau's name Edom in the Hebrew means red but Jacob's name in the, in the Hebrew means trickster or deceiver. From birth, Jacob had always been seen as one trying to trick and get over. And now, the point of our text, Jacob is living out his very name. If you watch the text closely, Jacob has help because his own mother helps him deceive his own father. The Bible lets us know in chapter number 27 where we are tonight that, that Isaac realized I'm getting older. So now Esau, did you do me a favor, son? I need you to go out there and kill a good game and bring and make my favorite meal. And the Bible says, if you keep reading, that Rebecca overhears this conversation and she concocts a plan and she pulls Jacob in and said, listen, your father is near the point of death. He's blind already. So now I need you to go out there and do that. And Jacob said, how can I do this? He's going to realize it's me. And she said, don't you worry about that. You go do this and I'll do this. And she tricks her husband through her son. We see that, that, that Esau is out obeying his father's instruction only to return and realize that he comes back planning to do what his father says do and guess what happens? His mother and his brother have stolen from him. What do you do when you're obeying God and somebody tries to get in your way from getting what God has for you? J Jacob has now stolen because his mother helped him out. And, and Esau is upset because Esau has obeyed his father only to have his own brother take from him. If you know anything about the blessing, the blessing is bestowed upon the first child by the father. He will usually lay his hand on that child and he will begin to impart into that child the blessing through words and through inheritance. And so now Isaac recognized that I only can do it one time. I can't reenact and I can't redact what I've already done. I've already given it to your brother. You can't get it back. Isaac didn't mean to give it to Jacob, but he can't take it back. Although Jacob deceived him, the blessing is now on Jacob's life. Isaac is asking him, Father, you mean to tell me you only have one blessing? You have two sons, but one blessing? I served you faithfully and you telling me all you have is one blessing you're gonna die off and leave me to serve my younger brother but I served you faithfully two sons one blessing 
text tonight shows us four things that I want to point out to you tonight. In verses one through four, we first see Esau's compliance. Esau is told by his father to go do something, so he goes and does what his father tells him to do. And Esau never once assumed that in my obedience, I'll be deceived. I'm going to obey my father. He told me to go, to go do a certain thing. I'm going to go do that certain thing. And while I'm obeying my father, my own mother who birthed me is betraying me. It's, it's a hard thing, brothers, when your bloodline cuts you. It's one thing when those in the world do your wrong. But what do you do when the people that's the closest to you cut you? Get you this way. You're worried about backstabbers, but sometimes what's worse than backstabbers is side swipers. Those are people that you allowed in your inner circle, that you divulged confidential information, and while they were close to you, they were cutting you in the side. Esau never imagined that his mother would do this to him. And by way of that, you see that, that the mother loves the younger more. Two sons, one blessing. Esau complies with his father because he understands that, that by my compliance, if my father is pleased, the blessing is put upon me. So I'm going to go do exactly what you tell me to do. And I'm going to come back and give him what he asked for so that I may receive of my father this blessing. Brothers, tonight, if I can insert this, there are many of you in here who, who you've never had your father bless you. And so now you're trying to give to your seed that you never received. You're trying to encourage your children. You've never been encouraged yourself. My wife one time asked me years ago on a road back to Tallahassee. We're on I-10 West headed back to Tallahassee. She said, Derek, let me ask you a question. She said, who encourages the encourager? You're always there for everybody else, but who's there for you? And brothers, they'll never understand how it is to work every day and labor every day and, and, and push every day. But there are some nights that you cry and you wonder, does anybody really see what I'm dealing with. I'm compliant, but I'm struggling. You're up at night, wife sleep, kids sleep, but you are stretching over. How am I gonna pay these bills? You're compliant, struggling. You're in church, you're lifting your hands, you, you receive the word of the Lord, but you're wondering, does God see what I'm going through? Esau is compliant, but betrayed and what do you do when your hands are lifted in a worship unto God but somebody is stealing from you while you in worship Esau is obeying his father and being betrayed by his own mother compliant his father gives him instruction and he goes and does exactly what his father tells him to do and while Esau's away mama begins to concoct the plan brothers I want to encourage you tonight by saying this be careful not to vacate the premises prematurely. There is somebody waiting on you to leave the premises that they may find their way in. Be careful that when you leave, you are being led by God and not pulled by yourself. Sometimes everything that glitters, it ain't gold. When I was in school coming up, um, I had a class, they taught us about pyrite. Pyrite, brothers, is a chemical that's known as fool's gold. Pyrite looks like gold, DJ, but when water gets on it, it's exposed to be fake. There are people in your life who look like real gold, look like valuable people in your life, but as soon as pressure hits them, 
guess what happens? They get exposed. And the problem is, you gotta know who your real friends are before you go through something. The wrong time to find out who ain't for you is when you go through something. There are people who have gotten close to you to hear your business. And they're praying on you, not praying for you. Esau is complying and being betrayed. You never expected to be from your blood. I could probably handle it from the streets, but the church folks, my own bloodline, not my mama, two sons, one blessing. Then we see, if we keep going in the text, we see in verses 32 and 33, we're at the meat of our assignment, we, we see Esau's confusion. Esau comes back and said, his daddy said, well, who are you? He said, I am your first son. I'm your first. Esau has no idea what has transpired in his absence. He has come back and done everything he's supposed to be doing. And now he's prepared to get, get his blessing. He said, Father, sit up now. Let me, let me feed you. And because, because, Jacob, because Isaac is blind, he don't recognize him. What do you do when your father don't even know your own voice? He said, Father, get up. Let me feed you. He said, well, who just fed me? I've already eaten. I can't eat again. And Isaac, Esau is confused by what is going on. Because when I left, I left with your instructions. And I've come back in obedience and now you're fool. How were you fool when you were waiting on me to get back? It's because he's been fooled by his own son. Esau is confused because it's not happening to me. Brothers, you put all that time in you labored, you sacrificed, you prayed, and you fasted. This can't be happening to me. No, doc, not, 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 you don't see that on the screen. Not me, I eat right. I'm, I'm healthy, you, no, not, not my own child. You prayed for everybody else's kids and they get healed, but your child, whom you've been praying for, you prayed and their child came back home, but your child's still wandering out there. Esau is confused. And brother, some of you tonight, you look good, but you're battling confusion. Because you're trying to figure out, God, how is it that the wicked seem to be prospering while the righteous are struggling? David said, fret not thyself, because the evildoers. To be working, even the work of the Venukini, because soon they will be what? They'll be cut off. But the problem is that soon it's taking too long. You've been waiting on God to do what God gonna do. It seems like God is taking too long. We know that God is not slacking his promises, but it seems like God is jumping over you while you're still waiting. Esau is confused by what is going on. I've been compliant. Now I'm left confused. And brothers, it is hard being a man in these not yet United States. It's hard being a black man. I tell my son all the time, I said, son, some people you got two strikes. You are black and you are male. Don't make it easy on them. You gotta be careful what you're saying, what you're doing, how you carry yourself. And brothers, they don't understand that, that you are trying to be the first generation in your family to do right by God. And it's not easy to be the first fruit because you want to quit. You want to give up. You're tired of trying. It seems like everybody wants to take advantage of you and you're trying to be meek. 
and hold your peace. They don't know that there's a, there's, a, there's a part of you that's still connected to the world that you want to go back and let them know I ain't always been where I'm at now. Tonight, we're in the office and, and Brother Bruce bust in one door and I kind of looked over at him and came to another door and bust in again. I said, brother, you keep busting into these doors. What's going on? Now, I'm from Compton. And so where I'm from, you stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Now, I'm saved, but I'm also prepared. Because I don't know this building like that. I only know about five of y'all in here. And when he bust in, the first time Pastor Joe wasn't in the office. So I don't know who this is, keep up in this office. And the brother muscular, but I ain't no punk. <laughs> I'm confused by what's going on. And the Pastor Joe said, oh, that's Bruce. And my peace came, not because that's Bruce, my peace came because I know Joe. Oh, you missed it. I don't know Bruce. I met him through busting through a door. So I don't have no peace with Bruce. But because I know Pastor Joe, I now have peace because Joe knows him, so he must be all right. And brothers, there are times in life where you're going to be confused, but your peace don't come from that. It comes from knowing that God will to take care of you. Esau is confused. He's been compliant. So now Esau's been compliant. Esau is confused. And now we see in verse number 36, we see Esau's complaint. Esau is saying, he done got me again. Got me again. First he stuck my birthright and now he done stole my blessing. He done got me again. Then Esau said, that's why his name is Jacob. Because he a trickster. This brother has taken from me not once. Brothers, ask God to increase your discernment. You're able to discern the people who won't show spot, but ain't walked in your steps. There are people who are coveting your spot, but don't want to don't want to go through what you've gone through. There are people who think being on stage is glorious. They have no idea what you've had to go through to get where you are. There are people who want the corner office and a reserved parking spot and the name outside the door. They don't want to pay the price you had to pay to get to where you are. Esau complained and said, said, said he stole from me again. I'm trying to live right before my father and he stole from me again. My own brother. My own twin robbed me. From the womb of Rebekah, Esau and Jacob were battling. The Bible said that when they came out, Esau came out first and Jacob came out holding his heel. In the womb, they were fighting for position. And so although Isaac, so Esau came out first, Jacob never let go of the competition. Esau is trying to be compliant and Jacob is competing. It's sad when you gotta pray with one eye open. Because you mean well for them, but they don't mean well for you. 
we launched our church August 8, 2010, Pastor Joe, um, we, we, we were subleasing from another ministry. And the first, the first Sunday our launch service, the Lord spoke to me leading up to that. He said, take no new members your first Sunday. Just give them a copy of the vision package. I'm going to spend seven days in prayer and I'll speak to those I want to be a part of Bible-based church. You know anything about launching a ministry? That's not what you normally do. The building was packed. The building was packed. And the Lord said to me, while I was up preaching the inaugural sermon of our new ministry, the Lord said to me, do not be deceived by the numbers. Most are here inspecting. Most are here inspecting. The next Sunday, Omega, the reality set in. We went from a packed building to echo. They didn't come back. There are people who will get close to inspect and then go and report back. And Jacob was lured in by Rebecca. The mama told this boy, come here. I got a plan. We don't know what Jacob was beforehand. We know that his mama pulled him in. And they took advantage of a blind daddy and a son in compliance. Mama had a plan. From the birth of Jacob, mama had a plan that Jacob's going to far exceed Esau. And Esau complained and said, Daddy, you mean to tell me you did it to me again? But brothers, in my closing, I want to deal with the fourth and final one is Esau's cry. And let me say this to you tonight. Some of you have never been told that brothers, it's okay to cry. Multiple times in verse number 34, verse number 36, 37, and 38, Esau cried and said, Daddy, please bless me. You mean to tell me you only got one blessing? In verse number 34, Isaac says, I can't, reverse the, I can't reverse the blessing. It's set. He said, but you're telling me you don't have nothing else to give? Please bless me as well. And we never talk about Esau. We talk about Jacob all the time. But, but, but Esau is crying for his father to bless him. Because Esau realized, I can't let you die and not bless me. And brothers, some of us in here, we've never had our father bless us. I'm going to say this tonight. I don't care what your child age is. While you have life in your body, you got to bless that child. Because you will find out that child will cry out like Esau, please bless me. You gotta, you can't tell me you got two sons, only one blessing. I can't let you die and he get blessed and I don't. How is it that I can come to worship but don't feel blessed? Could be on the praise team, singing songs of Zion and don't feel blessed. I could be in the pulpit preaching the words of God and not feel blessed. There are men who are trying everything they can to be accepted because they hadn't been blessed. And Esau is struggling because he can't understand how you got two sons and one blessing. Brothers, what do you do when you see the oil on somebody else and can't see it on yourself? What do you do when you're trying the best you can 
to make something work and it seems like nothing's working and you're wondering, Lord, what about me? What about me? Two sons, one blessing. In 34, in 36, 37, 38, Esau said, please, bless me. I, I can't let you die and you not tell me who I am. And brothers, what do you do when you are alive, but you're not living because you don't know who you are? And now you have a seed you're trying to deposit into and you don't know who you are, how do you know who they are? It's a beautiful sight when you see men worship. Seeing men lift their hands, because you know before there ever was a woman, there was God and man. And God gave man two assignments. Men were to be workers and worshipers. It is in us to worship. With or without music, it's in us to worship. But what do you do when you are a worshiper with no identity? So now, you're asking, Pastor, will you pray for me? Will you tell me who I am? Because Esau complied and got deceived. And now, brothers, there were some of us in here tonight. You've been complying with the things of God. But if you be honest, you're saying, God, who am I? And we thought by naming our sons after us, it would empower us. But then we realize that those sons have to grow up and they start asking you questions. And you don't want to let your son know that you are scared, but you are. My father, in 2020, my father went, went through radiation treatment for prostate cancer. My father went through 53 rounds of treatment for, for, for cancer radiation. He went through 15 in his back. They found a spot on his spine. The remaining they did on his prostate. Monday through Friday at 8 o'clock each morning, my dad had to go in for a 15-minute radiation treatment. The Lord blessed me to be there with my father for the majority of those treatments, and we spent time in conversation with each other. But you guys don't know is that when I was growing up, my father and I didn't have a good relationship. For a period of time, I hated my dad because of what he put my mom through and put us through. I hated my father. And there, was, there were four years in my high school years, I didn't speak for four words of my dad's in four-year high school. Could care less about my father. But I read a book called He Motions by T.D. Jakes. And one of the chapters was called Finding the Father. And there was a question posed that asked, have you ever wondered who fathered your father? I never knew my dad's story. I later learned that my father was a product of a rape. My, mother -in -law, my grandmother was 14 years old when she had my father. It was the family secret. And my dad never knew after my grandmother, his mom had died off. But my dad went through a lot growing up, this, this, being blackballed and the black sheep, and he fought his entire life. So my dad was on the job training as a father of his sons and his daughters. Now my dad and I, in this, in this treatment center, he's going through treatment, I'm with him talking, we're having a conversation, and I learned more about my dad, Pastor Joe, she's going through radiation treatment than I ever knew about my father. And I begin to realize 
that the, the Lord has allowed my dad's days to extend. That may hear my father say, son, I'm proud of the man you become. And brothers, let me say something to you. I'm 44 years old. I know I look good, but I'm 44 years old. Water and Vaseline. 44 years old. <laughs> 44 years old. Can I be honest with you tonight? I didn't realize I needed those words. I would tell people, man, I don't care. He never got to tell me he's proud of me. He tell me he loved me. When he said, son, I'm proud of you, I broke down crying at the cancer center because I was lying to myself saying I don't need to hear that. But when I heard it, a quickening happened inside of me. And for the first time, I was blessed. And brothers, hear me loud and clear. Your sons and your daughters need to hear you say who they are. Because Esau is crying to his father and saying, you can't die and not tell me who I am. I don't care about you naming me. Tell me who I am. Our wives are in positions that God ordained you to be in. Yo, the oil flows from the head down. And when you're out of position, the valve get cut off. Because God had a design for the oil to flow. And you can't get blessed till you become honest and say, Lord, please bless me indeed. We never talk about Esau, Prophet Pace. Talk about Jacob. Jacob was a part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So I thank God for that. But I can identify with Esau, where you're compliant and you get deceived, where you're left confused and crying. It's hard, brothers, when, when you have the success of the world, but you still cry at night. Because somebody told you, if you get the accolades, get the promotion, get the degree, get the salary, get the vehicles, get the women, could be fulfilling and you get all that and you still void it because you realize that can't feel this emptiness inside my son and I have conversations I'm in my clothes now he always asks me questions I say don't ask me no question you don't want me to answer I'll be honest with you about life and I realized talking to my son that life waits on nobody but brothers, every day that God gives you is a day for you to say, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I thank God for Jacob. And Jacob eventually got it right. But brothers, I can relate to Esau. When you're trying to live right, it's like you got left behind. When you're crying, because you don't understand why does this keep happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Women can't handle seeing a man cry. But brothers, it's okay to cry. Here's my closing story. Several years ago, a member of my church asked me to go visit her son who was in Leon County Jail. I went to go see him. 
and we were sitting there talking and the Lord blessed me where I have clergy privilege at the jail so they put me in a private room where I get to spend 45 minutes uninterrupted with the young man. He's still behind the glass we're having a conversation. This is pre-COVID we're having a conversation going back and forth and as we're talking and he's telling me what's going on and we're having conversations his eyes get watery. His eyes get watery. My eyes get watery. And I said, why are you about to cry? He said, Pastor, I'm so scared. He said, I'm so scared. And he said, I know you're praying for me. He was like, but please tell me it's going to be okay. And I said, brother, I've never been inside before. I don't know the life that you're dealing with in here. But I can tell you, God will take care of you. He'll watch over you. We talked a little bit more. He started crying again because he realized the clock was running down. I wanted to part. As he was getting ready to leave, he said, Pastor, tell me again. It's going to be all right. I said, brother, I said, it's going to be all right. I'm going to come see you again. I would write him in between. Going back and saw him again. I'm going to see him a second time. He had a different look on his face. I said, you all right? He said, yeah, I found a group of brothers in here. He said, well, pastor, he was like, I can't tell them how I feel, but I'm, sad. I'm still scared. He said, is it okay to be a man and scared? And I said, brother, listen to me. I'm free and still battle fear sometimes. I said, because when you look at things through your own lenses, it's overwhelming. I don't know what God's going to do for you in here. But my prayer is that while you're in here, you'll have an encounter that will reassure you that even in your fear, God is present. Pastor, that brother was crying. Got himself together because you can't show weakness in there. Wiped his eyes and we talked a little bit more and then he walked off. And as he walked off, he looked back at me and I was standing in there. I hit my chest. He hit his and he walked off. And as he walked off, he got further away. And I stood a little bit more and he glanced back one more time and I was standing there. I could see him in the distance. And I walked off. And I was walking to my car. I said, Lord, take care of that young brother. Because there's only things that happen, you're going to have to do it. And I closed with that story for this reason. Because when he walked off, I realized that I can't do nothing else for him. He's out of my sight. But God, I trust you. Take care of that brother. Brothers, what you don't know is that dude sitting next to you tonight, at some point, he has been crying out. May not be with words, may not be with tears, but he's wondering, does anybody see what I'm going through? This thing called life is hard. And we all have our own different ways of crying. But that brother crying. And he's hoping another brother will see him. And come and tell him, brother, I see you. Because he can't let his woman see it. It's not, too, it's not macho. He can't let his kids see it. But he's hurting. And he's crying. Sometimes he gets in his car, leave work, and he goes a long way home so he can cry it out. Before he get home. Sometimes in the shower for a long time and you hit the wall, but he's in there crying because he can't let you see that he's crying. 
And he's saying, Lord, this can't be how the story ends. But I was sitting tonight on the clarion call to tell you there's not a period, it's a comma. The story is not over. This is a break. That God will take the misery of your life and bring ministry out of that misery. The greatest testifier is the one who survived the test. Brothers, in this room, it's safe to cry. It's safe to cry. It's safe to cry. DJ, come here, man. Prophet Dale, come here, sir. Stand right here, if you will. This is his son. Little D, come here. Stand right here. This is my son. Come here. Pastor Joe, come here. Stand right there, if you will. Joshua, thank you. Joshua, come stand by your, by your father. Who else here with their sons? Anybody else here with a son? We your son at, sir. Come on up here. I got I to gotta be obedient that I'm done, Pastor Joe, I promise you. Stand next to your son, if you will, sir. Hey, you guys come stand right over here. Little D, come up here with your daddy, if you don't mind. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to turn to your son. Turn to your son. And fathers, I want you to take your right hand, which is the hand of authority, and place it on the forehead of your son. And I want you, in this moment, between you and your son, I want you, with your mouth and with your words, to bless your son. Let your son hear you utter the word of blessings over their life. Because you don't know if you're going to make it tomorrow. So while we're in this setting, let your son hear you say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray God's blessings over your life. That whatever God has ordained for your life, it shall be manifested in the earth. That you shall manifest everything God has ordained for you to do. That you will be the head and not the tail. That you will be lenders and not borrowers. That you shall fulfill God's purpose for your life. I pray over you now, my son. The blessing of the Lord be upon your life in the name of Jesus. That you are a blessed seed. That you are ordained by God to do greater works than your father will ever do. That you're not a mistake. That God has ordained for you to do a great work in the earth. I hear you, Holy Ghost. The Lord told me to tell you, fathers, grab your phones and call your sons. If your son is not here tonight, grab your phone right now. I'm honest. Grab your phone. In the setting. Don't look at me. Grab your phone and call and ask to take your son and let your son hear your voice because if you don't bless your children the world will curse your children let them hear you tell them who they are they're beyond the name you gave them there's a calling on your son's life there's a calling on your son's life they need to know they need to know that they are blessed because if not they'll be like Esau crying please bless me
So the Lord blessed us with three dynamic speakers on Friday evening. So you have heard Gail Pace, Pastor Billy Richardson, and Pastor Derek McGay. Now get ready for our Saturday morning session, which was a time of prayer. I'm in a time of sharpening men in things of the spirit. Many times men are very keen to be workers, which they should be, and very studious to technical aspects of manhood. So we begin to talk about men are not just practical and analytical beings, but men are also understanding that we are to be spiritual beings. And one of the things that we begin to talk about is that men, the first man at least, Adam, God made all the beautiful creatures and then didn't name not one of them, but he actually called his main prototype, the one made in his image, Adam. And he put Adam to what I would call a test. And he said, Adam, I want you to go ahead and name all the animals. And God brought all the animals to Adam and to see what he would name them. It's actually a test of Adam having the nature of God. And so we begin to talk about men being not just practical and technical, but men also being creatures of God who are spiritual. So get ready for this great young man. Uh, his name is uh, Prophet Philip Bryant. He's a wonderful school teacher um, here in Leon County. And Philip Bryant began to teach us on the power of hope and how hope is important. That even though we can have faith, we need hope just to make it to that destination. So get ready to hear Prophet Philip Bryant, The Power of Hope. The Lord told me the day Apostle Davis reached out, God gave me a word. And he said, tell my sons that I'm reestablishing my covenant with them. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm reestablishing my covenant with them. I said, okay, God, that's, that's, a, that's a strong word, you know. That's good, you know, that's, that's real good, right? And I'm a word man, so I like to look up words and um, definitions because I believe when you understand a definition of a word, it brings you into like greater context. And so the word covenant means an agreement. All right, can we say covenant means agreement? All right, and so synonyms, uh, I'm a teacher, so I like, I like words that connect. So sometimes um, the words covenant is synonymous with contract, compact, a treaty, accord, deal, bargain. But this last one I really like, Pop, settlement. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, God's about to settle some things for you. Come on, say it like you believe it. Tell your other neighbor, God's about to settle some things for you. Covenant also means agree by lease, deed, or legal contract. So as a verb, it is something that I actively do. I undertake it. Pledge. Promise. Agree. And this one, I'm, 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 like, I'm a millennial, but I was raised old school, so some words just hit a little stronger. This one is vow. <laughs> God says, tell them that I am reestablishing my vow to them. And I said, well, God, 
I need, you know, I need a little bit more than that. He says to let them know that what their forefathers and their fathers could not accomplish. He says, I'm going to settle it in them. Look at your neighbor, say, God's going to get it out of me. Yeah, don't be scared to say it. Come on, tell somebody else. Tell, you, tell somebody that's going to really agree with you. God's going to get, look at your neighbor, say, God's going to get it out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little weighty on that one. That's why we're going to pray it off. In the scriptures, covenant, Steve. I'm just calling them. It's so good to see. I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> Means binding agreement. Right? And so if God says, I'm reestablishing my covenant, that means somewhere along the line, I came out of agreement with him. That, that kind of makes sense? If I have to tie my shoe again, that means my shoestrings were untied at one point, correct? And the Lord began to take me down a path and he showed me how we've come into agreement with other things and out of agreement with him. One of the weapons that the enemy is using in this time is hardship. Hardship is wearing down the believers. So much so until when you get to a point that when you are so desperate for something, you will take anything. I ain't got nobody here to help me. Ain't nobody ever been desperate before. You have to be very careful what you entertain when hardship approaches. Jesus was led into the wilderness. <laughs> he was hungry, y'all. To be tempted of the devil. Hardship. He was given opportunities to satisfy a need in that moment. You have to be very careful what we come into agreement, Bobby. You know why? Because we don't understand that our words legislate things in the spirit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I want you to say this. My words legislate things in the spirit. So when you ticked off... You angry? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. When the cuss rise up? Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. Man, I don't want to be in this anyway. I need a break. Man, I ain't got time for this. You don't know what I can go back to. Unaware. We've weaved ourselves out. You know, I see me. I ain't no dancer. I used to dance in school, but we weave ourselves out of the agreement, the contract with God, because of our indifference. 
because of our pain, because of our trauma, because of the hardship. And now we've come into covenant with something that don't care none about us. You know what it is? It's called false comforts. False comfort. I'm going to let up in a little bit. Another thing that the enemy is using, and you're taking notes, is the spirit of delay. There's four business owners in here. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing your business plan coming before me. And things have not been moving as fast as you want. But a word of caution, do not move past his timing. I see a trap ahead. I like that alarm. That alarm went off at the right time. I'm telling you, that's your alarm? Come on, you helping me prophesy. Come on here. There is an alarm because what you see as, man, this opportunity, man, I see it. I'm telling you that God's saying, oh, man, that's a trap. You don't see it. It's four of you. We'll pray later. What delay does, delay couples with the spirit that attacks our hope. The, the word hope is defined as the feeling or expectation for something to occur. See, y'all think faith is, some people think faith is enough. <laughs> some people think faith is enough. It's not enough. I want y'all to say faith alone is not enough. You've got to have a hope. Pop, the Lord told me, he said, in order to navigate the future, you've got to have hope. And there's too many people that are releasing fear-based prophetic ministry because they don't have a future that things will get better. So the only thing they can do is set out trigger warning words to scare the body of Christ into obedience. (laughs) Oh, I know my measure. <laughs> I, I'll be the crazy one to have the hope. Because I'm the one that's going to have the solution. You got to look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to have the solution. 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 People who do fear-based things, they are broke. People who post trigger warnings, all they do is look at people's timelines, seeing what everybody else is doing. People who have hope are busy. Yeah, come on. Yep. Yes, sir. Men who have hope are busy because I'm praying and I'm looking for an answer. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. 
But I hear the Lord say, tell them that I've made them the answer. Come on, receive that. Say, I am the answer. You know how? I'm going to give you a Bible. The Bible says that he has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Pastor Joseph Davis here again from Truth Gathers Dream Center Church right here in Tallahassee, 1317 High Road. And we've been on a journey of our Mega Men's Conference. That's right, Men on Fire. And I want you to get your hearts and ears ready for uh, one of our final Saturday sessions, which were very practical in nature and topic driven. I want you to get ready for the banker of the group, right? Banker of the group, Minister Jermaine White. He's a banker. He's a man of finance, a man of structure, a man of step-by-step how to accomplish your goals. And uh, he educated us on the spiritual aspects of finances. Not the technical aspects, but the spiritual aspects of finances. And God gives him a very unique and clever way of taking biblical scripture to talk about finances. Get ready. You're going to be blessed by Jermaine White. Just to, to start out, I just want to throw something out in the atmosphere and I want you guys to think about this. All the men coming together is a wonderful thing. Yeah. We should think about just a man, a man's trip. So if you throw money and all that out, out, out in your mind, where will we go? Just keep that in your mind for the hand thing. And then, where are we going to leave from? The goal, where are we starting at? Just keep that in your mind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a banker in one hand. And the banker in me wants to tell you that the CPI is up 8%. That's that thing that really tracks inflation. So what inflation means is it's $350 more every month to buy the same things that you bought last year. My Lord. That's what the banker in me wants to say. My Lord. My Lord. I'm also a minister. The minister in me wants to ask you a question. Are you ready to be sift to the point where your fruit separates and you can pull out the seeds and plant them for your future harvest? That's what the minister in me wants to say. But just kind of taking it down, I'm Jermaine. And the translation of Jermaine is brother. So in the congregation of my brothers, I want to talk to y'all as a brother because my heart grieves for my brothers. It's just like I just get brought into tears thinking about my brothers and the situations that we're in. And we go back to the Garden of Eden. We go back to the Garden of Eden and that divine order is me talking about, about speaking. Where are we? When God, when like we walk through the cool and shade, God asks, where you at? He knew what happened. First name he called was Adam. He went down to listen. To, hey, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to get this. But he went to Adam. Adam, where were you? So to my brothers, where are we? You know what? God called me off the wall. I'm off the wall. But how many of us are sitting on the bench? When are we going to get in the game? When are we going to get in our rightful place to move God, God's 
way up to where we needed to go. Yeah. So that gets me into talking. I'm gonna talk about finance, and in that, if you go down a, a couple more verses, and when he's talking to Adam, he asked Adam one question: Who told you that? When he said, "I'm naked." Yes, sir. Like, I can't come out. I'm going to do some paraphrases. I got to run through this. I'm naked. Who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Yes, in the natural, you're naked. But you were naked yesterday and you weren't worried about it. In the natural, we are a lot of things. But in the spirit, we something else. So, like, God, like, we also left the garden with one other thing that we're not looking at. God has always had us covered. Even though you were naked, God had you covered. Yeah. And you were still covered. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you left the Garden of Eden, yeah. you were covered. Yeah. And God, he gives us crutches to make us feel better about our covering. It's like, so we naked, they sewed together some fig leaves, but God put skin, some skins together before he sent them out. He covered them, but he did that for them. Yeah. Because they were already covered. So when you write that business plan, and you have it, and you're doing all those things, and you're putting it together, know that God has you covered. Yeah. You might look at, where's the money going to come from? How am I going to do this? Where is this going to come from? God has you covered. God has it covered. He's already made the provisions for you before he gave it to you, and the blessing is not in the plan, it's in God, because God blesses it. So, who told us that that ain't going to work? Who told us that you're always going to be poor? Who told you that you're always going to live in this neighborhood? Who told you that you're going to be just like your dad? Who told you that? Why are you accepting that? They might have told you that, but did God say that? God told you that you're going to be covered. You are covered. He's going to cover us in everything we do. It's like, how many of us have roadblocks in our mind that are given to us by somebody else that we can't get past? We let somebody else's yeah. roadblocks, things that they can't do, go in our head and keep us from moving forward. Yeah. All right, let's step back. We're talking about some animals, right? Let's talk about the mighty elephant. Who been to the zoo? Y'all see this big pack of nerd? Y'all watch TV? This elephant come out, they, 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 they're moving people down, knocking everybody down. Big old elephant. Who ever seen the little rope that they have on the big old elephant leg? And the elephant just right there at the circus. Every time the elephant take a move, he stop. Mm. The big elephant, now we know what the elephant can do. Yes. I wondered about that when I was young. I researched it. That's the analytical he was talking about. Why is an elephant like that? Elephants are very smart next to chimpanzees, which is next to humans. So when the elephant is a baby elephant, they take a big stick, stake, or whatever, and drill it in the ground and put a chain around that baby elephant's leg. That's right. So when that baby elephant goes to move, no matter what he does, he cannot pull loose. Then you fast forward to an adult elephant. Now, the only thing that's binding him is his mind because even if it was that chain, he can pull and break it loose. But we refuse to break loose because of something that happened to us when we was kids. So explain that to me, my brother. We need to be loose. My heart aches. And that comes to our finances too and us running our family. Just because we see mama run the family as a kid, don't mean they need to run the family now. We have dreams. We have hopes. 
God gave Joseph some dreams yes, sir. when he was a kid. Yes, sir. Even his father could not accept the dreams. Wow. Not knowing that those same dreams when they manifest were going to be a blessing to everybody yeah. along the line. Yeah. Didn't understand that. So how many of us have gone to our parents our wives, our friends with our dreams and they can't accept it and they shut us down. Amen. Who told you you can't do what God put in your mind? Who told you that? Where you got that from? Who told you? God. God has equipped you, y'all heard this before, with everything you need for the mission he has he has set before you. So watch this. So and other people who are not even of God understand that and see that and will play off of that and use that to their glory to be raised up. <clears throat> Go back to Joseph. Before he made all the decisions, when he just discerned what Pharaoh's dream was, Pharaoh said, Hey, where can we find a man? Yeah. Who can do all these things? Who's spirit led by God? You're just like, hey, since you're doing it, I know God needs you. Hey, let me take you. Come on, yeah. put him in position. Yeah. But y'all know I put him in position since we talk about economics. An economic downturn. Yes. Oh, what we coming into? Yeah. An economic downturn. What we talking about? The CPI. We talking about inflation coming up. We talking about an extra three fifty a month. Now, oh, what's that? Five thousand dollars a year, but they say it's eight percent. Now, for black people, it's closer to ten. Let me tell you why. Because it's on a basket of goods or whatever, and black people are the biggest consumers. Google it. Do however how you feel you want to look it up. We are some of the biggest consumers. You don't believe me? How many pair of Nikes we got? How many pair of these? We buy all the name brand stuff. We buy the most expensive stuff. And we consume it more because our net worth household is way below our lighter king. I'm just putting it out there like that. So, when problems came, when problems came, when the problems came, Pharaoh, they came to Pharaoh, hey, we hungry because of this economic downturn. You know what he said? Go talk to him. Go talk to Joseph. And Joseph made all the decisions for the world. Because it said it was turned out in the world. And the only place that had food was Egypt. So this man has turned somebody else, this business, into a world power. Based off of what God told him. Based off the dreams that he had. So his blessings. His blessings. His blessings. So, who told y'all that what God told you? That you keep you running your own business. You can't take it, you can't take it global. I bet you if you turn Facebook right back on, it's gonna go global, it's gonna go global. I got people in my DM from Africa and everywhere else before. And let me tell you about the manifestation on something. Years ago on Penny Drive, we talked about this. Yeah. We talked about we, the ministry is here, and we got one circle that's going to connect to another circle. To, that's going to connect to another circle. That's going to connect to another circle in the, in this. So we moving global. So just to kind of take a little bit down further. So his blessing, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Sometimes the blessings that we have when we look further down the road cannot become a you know the opposite of a blessing. We're going to say a curse, but we're going to say a burden because we pray and pray, we get this house. 
Oh God, I'm praying I get this out. Hey, some people are like, hey, oh God, oh, oh God, let me get this credit card. Let me get approved for this. Let me get approved for that. Like I said, yeah, yeah. It happen to y'all. Okay, okay. If Facebook was I guess I'm preaching to somebody. Anyway, so that same blessing after a while can become a curse because it, it can become a hindrance. Yes, because now the bill comes. And with this, if we're not prepared for it, when that bill comes, how do we handle this debt? So now we got all this debt piling up from all these blessings that we got coming through. I'm not saying that it's not a blessing, but we just got to handle it right. Because our wife saw a blessing most of the time. So, <laughs> so, so in that, in that blessing, we get this debt. How do we move through this debt? How do we move through this debt? What do we do with that? So, when the children of Israel cried out to God, God sent Moses. But before Moses could actually fulfill his assignment, he had to be changed. It's like, I'm getting up there, I'm kind of somewhat talking about finance, we talking about a little bit. But what I want to talk about is a renewing of the mind. Yes, sir. Because when he first met Moses, when it was out there on the, when we on, on Mount Sinai, what's that? Staff. Okay. Grab it by the tail, turn to a snake, he picked it up. Y'all know the stories, and I want y'all to read it. So he had his staff in his hand. But when it came time to come talk to Pharaoh, what happened? He said, Oh Lord, I can't do this. You know, uh, I can't speak. Who told you you can't talk? I can't do this. Who told you you don't have the power? Oh Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Who put all this stuff in your head? You are fully equipped to do everything that God assigns you to do. So God is like, once again, he's like, all right. Here you go. Take your brother with you. Tell him to get his staff. I give it to you, you give it to him, we talk. So if you notice the first part when they talked to Pharaoh, God told him, then he told him, and then stuff started to move. The little stuff started to move. I say that as an analogy of this. You might not be able to pick up the books of your household today, but God has put it in you as the head to be able to know how to work the books. You might not be the only one working the books because your wife might, you know, she might be able to do that, but only a fool don't know where their money go. That's one thing we teach the business. Like we talked about football. I've made football. You know, a lot of people that went to the pros and all this, this, and this, I visited. Uh, in that, well, you're talking to kids. What you want to do? I'm be a football player. Make sure you go to college. Man, I ain't trying to do all that. You better take a business class or you're going to be broke. Yes, Because only a fool don't know where their money go. So God might let you use your help me for a season to get through your financial situations like he used Aaron. But all the real miracles things started to happen. Once you notice it, you notice in Exodus and Genesis when Moses kind of fades out with uh, Aaron fades out. And Moses started using his stick. The same stick he had at the beginning, the same person doing the talking. Now he don't have that crutch. So you might not start out working the books. But by the end, you should be. And that's when the blessings happen. That's good. It's going to come a point in that blessing when you get up next to your Red Sea. And once again, Moses cried out to God. What God said, use what's in your hand. We're going to tie that to finance like this. You already have everything you need for this current assignment. Yes, sir. 
The Bible tells us that. Because God didn't give him nothing else. God, all he did was took away all the stuff that he told him he didn't, all he, that he couldn't do. He just wanted him to realize that. And once he realized that, then the final test was you have to read see what you got in your hand. The same staff that was a stick that you picked up. The same way you watch your brother wield his staff and do stuff. Now you will yearn. The same way you watch your brother run and play with his money. Hey, you might want to try that. You know what they say, when, when the Holy Spirit's moving through the room, if you ain't got it, get in the way. Let me get some of that. If God in the neighborhood, come on by here. Yeah, let's come by here, Lord. Yeah. Same thing. Yes, come by here, finance man. Yes, come by here, blessing and graces. Yeah. So anyway, so that same staff can be your budget. Because your budget, how many of y'all in here not got a budget? I'm going to turn around because I don't see y'all out of me. But uh, <laughs> one of the rhetorical questions. So. In your budget, you should know where every cent goes. A lot of people got a budget that don't, they do. Why my budget keep coming out wrong? Because you ain't tracking it right. Why this ain't working? Why this come? Everything in your budget, you should already know. It's some stuff we don't put in our budget that should be in our budget. Like that cousin that keep borrowing money all the time. That, that's on your payroll. Make sure you get everybody that's on your payroll in your budget so you can properly track where your money's at. Like, how many subscriptions that we got that we don't use? I got Hulu, don't even know the password. Well, Hulu got my $6 every month. I'm like, what? I don't even know Hulu. So, what, what I'm saying is this. Get your budget together. Track every dollar you spend for about three months. And you will notice money going some places that you never thought it was going. With that, you can start to move into financial freedom. We ain't gonna lie. A lot of men have problems because of the money they make or the money they don't make with their wives. That seems to be an issue. That should not be an issue. It's like you get that stuff together and you sit down and y'all have a conversation, y'all understand where we going, where we not going, what we doing and what we not doing. But in, but in that budget, you find out where your money is. You cut what you need to cut. Because you cannot properly save. You cannot properly invest. You can't do nothing financial until you have a budget. You can say, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, are you doing it to the best of your ability? Are you doing it just okay? Are you, are you asking for the blessing of the Lord on that? Because once you get your budget under control, then you can see exactly where your debt's at. Oh, okay. I got all this money going all these different places. What I'm going to do with it? And for those of you all who didn't know, this is your Ten Commandments moment. Your credit card debt and all this debt, that's your Pharaoh. That's who has you in bondage, your debt. Let me ask you this. Hey, who want to go to Hawaii tomorrow? All right. Who can go to Hawaii tomorrow and say, we got the money we just finna get, we finna go, and it don't mess up nothing. I don't see no hands. Because, that's a blessing there right there. Remind me to touch him and get some of that annoying. <laughs> but but the, the, the point is this. We have to track our debt, and then we start to pay our debt in order to get out of bondage. Because when something happens, if you're overcome with debt, then you have more and more and more of a burden. So how do we get out of debt? First, start with the small stuff. Like we always talk about a, a debt snowball. 
What's that? So once you got your budget, first knock out your credit cards because inflation is going up. So that means that credit card rate is going to start ticking up. So you're going to be paying more for nothing. So basically, line it up, and you take that. You take. You can do it by interest rate, but I say go with the smallest and get some momentum. You put all your bills in the line in the spreadsheet. You start with the smallest one with the minimum payment or whatever you can pay at that time. And you take that money, you pay off that one. And then you pay off the next one. And you pay off the next one. And what, so pretty soon you're gonna be putting chunks of money on all that stuff. And then once you have all that paid off, then you go to some of those fixed things. Pay off that car early. Then get there, knock out that house. I had a, yeah, you're pretty wealthy. A pretty wealthy uh, lawyer in town tell me, we're sitting there just having a conversation, and he said his wife was paying the bills, you know, doing what he do, and he was messing with some of his books. She was like, leave that on, leave that on. She was still paying, on, like putting stuff in savings account that was paid off. But he said when he felt, when she told him that the, the, the mortgage was paid off six months ago, but yet they were still paying the money in there because they're just going in the budget, they had it lined up how they was doing it. He said he felt a weight just lift off his shoulder. He said, I felt free. And this is one of our lighter skinned cousins. He talked about the freedom that he felt by not having that mortgage, yeah. by not having any debt. Yeah. Everything he had now can go in and be invested. Yeah. It can now go in and go into uh, go into the ministry. So he could do whatever he wanted to do because he was now free. He had crossed that red sea. Just to kind of, I know I'm standing where I'm eating, so I'm going to go ahead and move, but another example how God blesses things. Jesus, first miracle, was turning water into wine. So in that, Mary, Jesus' mother, told everybody in the kitchen, like, they're out of wine, they're out of wine, or whatever. And she, she asked him to do it. You kind of reluctant, like, mm, why you messing with me? Want me to save my time? And then she said this: the same thing Pharaoh said. Hey, y'all do exactly what he tells you to do. So he took the pots, the pans, they put water in it, and he blessed it. And let me tell you about when you put that thing in front of God. Like we talked about that business plan. When you put that thing in front of God and God blesses it, yeah. because when you spirit led and you're doing what God's assignment is, yeah. He's already put everything in the house you need yeah. for that. That wine was had no value as water is now the best wine. Because they say the custom is to bring out the best wine first. So you already put together what you thought you had was the best. I sent that out. Then everybody having such a good time. You don't spit. What you had left, and now you sitting over here with nothing but residue and water left. And God blesses that water and takes that water and makes it your best. So, with your finances, you bought everything, the big thing you're trying to do, and you're working with it. Then you get down, you don't deplete your savings, going through everything, and you feel you have nothing left. But as you go through your budget and you let God see what's in there and you let God work that thing and you let God lay his hand and bless it and bless it and ask who told you you can't do all these things that God has put in your mind that God is lifting you up to do. Yeah. Watch that become your best. Ah. It can't be your best without God's blessing. Yeah. All right. I did put some analytical stuff together. Uh, we don't have it up on the boards, but it's the Q QR code back there. 
Just hit it with your camera or your phone. I think he's gonna, my man gonna put it up. And with that, you hit it, it's gonna have, I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but my Google still work. So it's gonna have some, some bank websites that have some great financial literacy stuff in it. And that financial literacy stuff can help you get unstuck. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us in our church, in our communities, we're stuck in a financial rut that we've been put in. But it don't matter why you're in the ditch, you have to get out the ditch. Right. So it's very basic what I'm saying today, but it's kind of like that stick shift. The starter won't go, but all we got to do is get a push and pop, pop the clutch and watch God keep everything moving. Mm -hmm. So just get that. It's going to have some information in there. You can look up on finances. It's, uh, I even put a budget in there, uh, an interactive budget through Chase. I put some stuff in there from Regis Bank, put some stuff in there from Wells Fargo. And then I put some spreadsheets in there so you can start tracking your finances to find out where everything is going. That's good. And like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about finance, but I'm also talking about a renewing of the mind. Nice. So I'm about to go now, but just remember this. You can't put new wine in the old wine skin. Like what we just talked about, wine being something of value. So we're talking about renewing of the mind. You can't put God's new financial ideas into your old way of thinking. Yes. Awesome. So until you change your way of thinking, all you're going to do is waste God's ideas. Mm -hmm. So take God's ideas, renew your thinking, do some of the leg work, because faith without work is dead, mm -hmm. and let God propel you into the next place. Yes. And if you have any questions on the financial stuff, sit down, give me a talk, uh, or holler at me, we can talk through that. But, or sit down with another professional. Because once you get past the saving and you start to get into investing, that looks different to everybody. Now, just, just to come back to the trip I was talking about, the man's trip. It really wasn't a man's trip, but I want y'all to get y'all minds into thinking far out. Like, what can I do that's great? That should be the goal for your household. So, where can your household go? That should be your goal. Then, you take that budget you put together, that's where you're at. And then you work up a plan and you get in prayer and God's going to take you there. I'm done. I want to thank you so much for taking your precious time to listen to the word of God. I know it's nothing like the word of God. The word of God is a light into our path. And I know uh, these sessions that we had during this men's conference, I believe have blessed you. And so you can always catch the full detailed and more of it right there on our Facebook page. We have the full download for you to listen at any time. Or you can go to our podcast and catch it on our podcast as well. Uh, these great sessions in, in its entirety. And um, let it be a blessing to you. All right. So Truth Gathers Community Church, uh, we have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. And we light the fire of worship and praise right there at 10 a.m. And we would love for you to join us at 1317 High Road right here in Tallahassee, Florida. And so thank you again for tuning in and being a part of the radio audience of our Mega Men's Conference. It's our men's conference every year during Father's Day weekend. So if you missed this year, we want you to be a part of what God is doing for our city through men. 
on our our next conference next year. God bless you. And until our next time, sharing the word together, may God's blessing and favor be upon you.